Welcome to Sundays with the Weekend Sober Gals. I'm Katsia. And I'm Kim. Come check us out at our new day and time. We explore different topics of sobriety each week, ranging from friendship to motherhood. By sharing personal stories from our past, we talk about what it's like to thrive rather than just survive the weekend sober. Every week, every Sunday. She thinks I'm talking to her. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Ready. All right. Um, oh, okay. So we're talking about vacations. Hey guys, welcome to the weekend sober. This is Kim and Ketsia. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying our new time on Sundays. Because mm-hmm. I know that we have really yeah. coming at you on a fresh Sunday morning because Sundays are our favorite day of the week, right, Katsia? Yeah, and I think Sundays can be scary for a lot of people new in sobriety or thinking about or trying to get sober and, you know, dreading the week ahead and all that kind of stuff. And, and in Um, sobriety that just like flipped for me it just became like you said one of my favorite days to sort of reset and like just you know have a fresh perspective on the week and stuff and I know you know you were away for a week you got back now and are your kids at school next week you told me about the break like are they back right away on Monday yeah they go back on Monday so um, okay yeah we I have the weekend to sort of get organized and we just got back yesterday from Florida. So yeah, a couple days to kind of get our feet back on the ground um, mm-hmm. and get organized and yeah, use tomorrow to really get prepared for the school week. And now when you were drinking, I, I feel like for me, if I had just got back from a vacation on Saturday and my kids with starting school on Monday, I'd be frazzled as hell. Like all weekend, I would be running around like a headless chicken, like freaking out with my to-do list, like not, and you and I both have ADHD, so it doesn't help. But like, don't you think that how much uh, alcohol and drinking just like magnifies that feeling of like scattered disorganization kind of thing? Yes, exactly. Uh, and also, I just, I wouldn't want the vacation to end. So I would just keep Right. through the weekend and in yeah. about the fact that vacation was over and yeah. by the end of my vacation week, I had been drinking so much um, that I would sort of be in a, in an almost like a, in a depression by that point, because mm-hmm. kind of like how my drinking went, um, you know, I would gear up for vacation and be really excited and maybe like not really drink for a couple of days, knowing that I would be kind of drinking heavily. Right. And then this is always what I did. We would start drinking early in the day on vacation Mm -hmm. down in the sun. And often when we were on vacation, Evan kind of turned a blind eye to my antics because that is when he would day drink and when he would allow himself to indulge because he Mm -hmm. never really got after it. But when he was on vacation, he, he did sometimes, you know, have a few extra or drink a little earlier in the day. And sometimes he was even the first to go order a drink. And 
I was always like so mm -hmm. excited when he would get after it because I'm like, oh, yeah, he's <laughs> more. Um, yeah. So by the end of those vacation weeks, I would just be so sick of drinking, but I would have to keep going because I don't know. I, I, yeah. I would tell myself, no, you got to keep drinking because I was almost like so depressed. I would just want to just keep feeding it, you know, because I didn't know how to right. deal with it or how else to face my emotions. Such a right. sick cycle. I think that like it, um, you're right. It kind of is almost a withdrawal in a sense from that vacation mode and, and your body mentally and physically is going through withdrawal type symptoms, whether that's like, you feel like the vacation went by too fast and you're like, Oh my gosh, or the drinking itself, the alcohol is a depressant. So all of a sudden, you know, post vacation blues, whether you drink or not is a thing. So then when you're drinking, it really is just like magnified because you're just like, I don't know what else to do except for what I've been doing for the last week and drinking more. And that's, it that's, just, like you said, it's a cycle. That's exactly what it was. It was the post-vacation blues magnified mm -hmm. by the blues that you get from after drinking. And it yeah. was like, you know, multiplied because of the two. And now, yeah, I'm a little sad that vacation's over, but I'm excited to get back to the projects I have going on here and I don't have um, the post-vacation depressive blues. I don't have the boozy blues. None of that's going on. And um, I was really present for the vacation. I was, you know, with my kids, enjoying it. And I also don't have that shameful regret of thinking about, oh, my God, like I was drunk half the time. I don't, you know, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I didn't do that. Right. Um, so there's, you know, I don't, it's not compounded by that fact factor either. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I think like you, I don't know about you, but even when, if my husband and I, like we went away for two, three days and two nights to Atlantic city back in February, it was like his birthday, our real wedding anniversary, like our courthouse wedding and we and Valentine's Day, I guess, was in there too. And we went away. And by the time we got back, we were both ready to get back in our routine. And routine has become a big part of my um, sobriety. Now, luckily, my husband is kind of on the same page. Like he uh, loves working out. We we go to the gym or we go outside or whatever when we're on vacation. We still do that stuff. But we also indulge in foods that we wouldn't normally eat and stuff like that, you know. And And so like in a sense, and all, eating all that restaurant food for like a week, I come home and I feel sluggish and I feel kind of hungover from all of that indulgence, or maybe it's like desserts or things. And I'm not a restrictive eater by any means, but I think it just like, I, I think to myself, how did I eat like that and drink like that? And then I remembered like, it would be like, it'd be like binges. So like, I wouldn't eat in the morning if we started like day drinking or something. He was kind of like my partner in crime too. When I was still drinking, like he just loved to see me have fun. So when we went away, we'd be like, you know, giggling about having a drink at like, you know, cracking the vodka at like 11 in the morning because we're on vacation. Right. right. And then, you know, so we would, we would um, be indulging in that stuff. And then, and then, so we'd start drinking and I wouldn't have like a proper lunch. Then of course I'd just get, 
hammered like day drunk and then you're hung over by like you know 3 4 p.m so then you have to keep drinking but you never really eat a proper like meal in there now we're like such foodies when we go (laughs) yep yep yeah you know oh my god that's exactly how we are so um all right so for those who don't know we went Evan and I took our kids to Disney this past week we went for seven days Friday to Friday which is everyone I say this to is like that's a really aggressive vacation. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. but it was pretty awesome because our kids are really great ages to go to Disney eight, 10 and 12. And um, mm. I have to say that Evan did not have a single drink the entire time we were there because he just, he's in on this health kick wow. out and he, yeah, I mean, he's kind of turned a corner. Um, and yeah. He walked so much every day. I mean, at one one day, I think it was the first or second day, we walked over 13 miles. So on wow. we were walking like 10 miles a day. And so that I could not have done that if I were hungover or if I were no, um, you know, because my focus would have been elsewhere. It would have been like, all right, we need to stop and get a drink. Or like you said, you know, stopping for the eleven o'clock bloody Mary. And then you're missing lunch because you are a little bit drunk. And then your focus is elsewhere. You're not focused on kids. You're not focused on, um, you know, why you're there in the first place. And no, we, you know, we planned this entire trip for them. I did not want to go to Disney. This was all about children. (laughs) And yeah, it, it was great. I mean, we had a great, I, 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 basically felt like I was 10 years old again. I mean, we went on all the roller coasters. We did all the rides. Um, my mm. It was really fun. And we had, we had a really great time. We walked a ton. We ate some incredible meals. Um, mm-hmm. And it was special. It was a great week. I'm so grateful to have been sober for it. And I, I have been to Disney before when my kids were younger. Parker was... Uh, maybe a year and a half. I remember walking. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember walking around carrying her around in my arms. Um, obviously, I was drinking back then. So I do remember yeah. walking through Epcot thinking this is kind of the coolest place because you can drink in every single country in Epcot at any mm-hmm. time of day. Um, I remember thinking Hollywood Studios was awesome because they served alcohol. Same with Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was really interesting to see it from this perspective because, um, you know, one day it was raining in Animal Kingdom in the morning and it was like 11 o'clock and I was kind of tired and just really needed mm-hmm. a cup of coffee and I was just wandering around and everywhere people were just like huddled under awnings with drinks at all these bars because it was pouring and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go to a bar. I just want coffee. There was no coffee anywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want coffee. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say like, because I've never been to Disney and, and we plan on going when Harper's a little bit older. Um, but also I, I was trying to imagine like, what is the drinking culture like at Disney now, like obviously we're more aware of it. I find I'm more aware of it when I go to places. Like I've been to Vegas twice sober. Once was for my wedding. And it was like, I felt like I was hyper aware of all the drinking around me, you know? So is it like that in 
Disney where you're kind of like, well, like you said, you noticed people were drinking and not drinking coffee. Like, what are you guys doing? And how do you walk around with your kids all day? Right. I, yeah. Disney is interesting in that it draws a very, what's the word? An interesting crowd, an eclectic crowd, a wide range of people. I mean, there were people there without kids. Let's just say that. Um, Yeah. The people that that sat next to us at dinner one night at Hibachi, they live in Orlando and they came just for dinner at, you know, to Epcot. Um, And they were telling the waitress, we love coming here um, because this this, Epcot has the best drinks in all of Orlando. And it's just like, (laughs) they didn't. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) What? Okay. Um, so it's like it's like the place to go, you know? And it's just um Yeah. So there's a lot of just people walking around, going out to dinner, and you know, it's a lot of just adults just partying. And it's such a scene. Um so you know, in the other parks with that are more like kid oriented there's still people just like walking around with drinks um it and it's almost like promoted like oh you know get on this ride but we have yeah right when you get off to like help the parents through this typical i can't think of anything worse than going on a roller coaster and then like drinking after and also like or in between or whatever yeah. But I just had this image flash in my head when you were talking about or describing it of like when the first I remember the first time I've been went to Vegas, I've been like five times, but only twice with my husband. And I went on my first girl's trip and I was probably like 27 or something. And I saw like one of the first things I saw when we were getting to the hotel in the morning, there's people walking the strip with the big boots filled with like Miami Vice or like margaritas or whatever. And I was like, where are we? And you feel like you feel like such a rebel badass, like, you know, cause I, I came from Canada where you can't drink in the street. Well, I mean, lots of places you can't drink in the street, but it was like this big novelty. I was like, Oh my God. And then, so you could just literally drink around the clock. And I think that's the vacation mentality, whether you're in a place that you can drink in the street or you're in a resort or you're in, it's just you and your husband and you're, you have alcohol in your room and you're pre-drinking, then you're drinking at dinner. Like I, one of the last times I went to Atlantic city when I was drinking, it was like my 37th birthday. And I was so sloppy drunk by the time we got to dinner. And that was the year. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I took a spill in the casino walking to the restaurant and it was like a really nice restaurant. It was going to be like a, you know, four or $500 meal or something. And I was in these huge heels and I just like lost my footing and skidded before my husband could catch me. And this other guy tried to catch me. And it's like, I think on that now and I'm just like, you know, I have a lot of compassion for that version of myself, but it was to think about doing that now. And I'm just like, I'm so grateful to not be, especially around kids, like, you know, around my kids, I just don't. I don't know how I could do that and not, but then it also makes me wonder too. I think a lot of parents in our, were are currently in the situation that we were in and you find recovery when you find it. And I think 
there's no judgment here from either of us if that's that situation that you're in because man I was there so many times I was there so many times oh yeah yeah um yeah I I walked by a restaurant that we'd eaten at last time I was there you know when my kids were way younger and I remember leaving the restaurant feeling very frustrated um because we were there with my in-laws and um I wasn't I remember feeling that my in-laws wanted to walk around Epcot after dinner and get dessert and watch the fireworks. And I had a few more hours ahead of me and I wasn't drunk enough leaving dinner. And I remember feeling very mm-hmm. frustrated. Like I, I can't go walk around for two hours because I don't have a good enough buzz right. on. I can't. Yeah. I remember. Do you know that feeling? Yeah. Being so oh. mad. at, And that makes you so grumpy. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I only had two drinks and they were basically water and I am not drunk enough. I hate this place. I hate Epcot. I, and I hated my family. I was so mad at my husband. I was so mad at my kids and it ruined the entire night for me because I wasn't drunk enough. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to get more drunk. I wanted to stay at, I wanted to go to a bar. I wanted to keep drinking, but I, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get my hands on any more alcohol and I was mad. that's so relatable that's so relatable I just think about that now and it's like and and then like did your would your husband ever suggest doing something that like did not involve alcohol like and I would get like if I was already drunk I would get so annoyed he'd be like let's go get let's go for a walk and get Krispy Kreme donuts like in Myrtle Beach and I'm like why would we do that ice cream I'm like I don't fucking want ice cream no let's go to a bar you know it's like I was a huge brat. Yeah. I was a huge brat when it got to that point. And I remember like they had like a tiki bar. They have a tiki bar at the resort that we usually go to in Myrtle Beach. And like my husband would give me like, this was in the summer of 2019, I think. And he gave me like, say $20. And that that realistically, I guess, was enough for two drinks if you don't really tip or whatever. And, and I was just like, well, what's this going to get me? <laughs> like, I was so mad and he's, and he's just so sweet. Yeah. Like, but he, we talked about it later, like many times in sobriety, like that kind of situation. He's like, yeah, your whole focus was just on drinking, drinking. And yeah. like, and my relationship with his family was not what it is now back then, because I just had no awareness. And even though they didn't realize that I had the problem that I did with alcohol, it, it affects things that you can't hide. You just can't hide it because your whole head is wrapped around this thing. So I think as as much as I thought I was pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, it was like when the jig was up, it was like no surprise to some people, (laughs) not that they thought I had like a huge problem, but they, they were just like, yeah, when you drink, sometimes you turn into a different person. What I think is so so important to note here though is that you know exactly how I felt in those moments leaving that dinner my husband never understood he didn't know that that's what was going on he still Mm -hmm. can't relate to that feeling and he yeah like they're like you either get it or you don't get it you know and you know to like down to your soul how much that hurts and how hard it is and how yeah. much of a struggle that is. And I can feel that you, in my you bones. Can like in your I... bones. And if you know what we're talking about, I mean, we don't need to say anything more. Like, you know it. Like, you know it. You hear the voice. Yeah. 
you know that little nagging wine witch, whatever you want to call her. I call her Ursula, you know, that little voice in the back of your head. <laughs> and it's an awful feeling because it's there's you're just powerless to it. And it's and it's and it, and it yeah. just ruins the experience. And that is ultimately at the end of the day why I had such an incredibly great vacation because I did not mm -hmm. have any of that internal struggle, that inner turmoil. I just mm -hmm. literally was in the moment. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't like having any struggles. I wasn't fighting with myself. I wasn't angry. I just literally was able to just look at my kids and say, all right, what are we doing? Where are we going? Even when my kids were having really tough moments, like Mike, Right. most part, like my kids were really well behaved. I mean, yeah, they fought with each other every now and again. Like Parker had a little bit of a hard time when she got hot or tired, hungry, right. like the, the halt. What are the halt? Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, us. Yes. Yeah. um, you know, so she, and, and I would just like, you know, we, my husband and I are both, he's really good with her. And at moments, like I'll be, I, I know how to handle Brayden when he's in a, in a mood, you know, it's like, but if either of us were at all hungover or like had had even one drink and were just like tired from it, we wouldn't have been on our game. We wouldn't have been able to right. manage the kids, you know, in the way they needed to be managed during those difficult times. Like when Parker was tired, right. when Braden was in a mood or, you know, when we were sweating our butts off at three o'clock in the afternoon, when it was 92 degrees, you know, like you you need to be in, you know, like your peak performance as a parent when you're on these kinds of vacations right. and alcohol just knocks you down a peg. You can't be the best mom you can be when you're just thinking about alcohol. I don't know. I just, I'm just really grateful that, that it yeah. be, I don't know. Thank you. I just think, right. And I just think like when you were saying that, I thought about you you quitting drinking had such a ripple effect into your marriage and into your um your relationship as parents and your relationship with your kids and and it it's there's always going to be a greater impact because um like you were saying you're basically a prisoner or a slave to alcohol when when you're in that mindset nothing is going to be good enough until you get that drink right so your whole vacation it was like, say it was in the, a country that they don't serve alcohol or something. like, I would have just never gone there. I would have just been like, we're not doing this. It could have been like the coolest place ever or the most amazing experience. Right. And I never had the peace, inner peace and tranquility to sit there, not knowing when my next drink would be. So I'd always have to have this little plan in the back of my head, in my own head. Right. Like, Oh, okay, we can go to Krispy Kreme, but we're going to walk past this liquor store and or this bar and we're going to dart in there and get a couple drinks. Well, it never, you know, turned out that way, right? We always had, I always, I always had way more than two drinks kind of thing. But I just think like to have the freedom to not be chained to that and to show up as, you know, internally peaceful doesn't mean you're not going to lose your crap on your kids because obviously you are but it means but it means that you're not going to feel the shame and the guilt and stuff because I used to feel 
so bad. Like if I, if I had a freak out at Harper and I knew it was because I was hungover yeah. or drunk, like later, like that guilt, did you get oh. that? Like where you would just. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, awful. It was awful. If I knew that I lost it because, or I was, you know, snappy snippety because I was, you know, looking for that next drink or yeah, mm. I just, it was, it ate me up. Like I just, I yeah. felt, I mean, that was one of the things that I had to really deal with in the beginning of sobriety. That was that guilt. Yeah. Just kind of a mean, a mean mom at the end there. And yeah. Yeah. It's not to say that I still didn't snap at my kids when we were walking around Disney at times, you know, right. I was able to right. say, all right, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. You know, it's like having that, um, ability to recognize when you're feeling a little overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. that mindfulness of, um, just being in tune with yourself and, you know, uh, taking a step back and and saying, okay, Parker, you're really frustrating me right now. And I'm going to need you to go walk with dad right now because mom really annoyed with you. And, (laughs) but having, but having the awareness to yell at her would be like that kind of tone or like, Parker, yeah, you, please right. walk. Please walk ahead. <laughs> <laughs> just for your own good, just do this. I, I honestly, I totally get that because when when I was drinking, I didn't feel confident to say something like that because I always felt that I always misjudged it. I was like, okay, I'm just being overly sensitive, and I would fly off the handle. Like I would, I would range from like bawling tears later like so upset and emotional to like rage blackouts to like like irrationally getting angry about something and there was like no middle ground where I felt like you said where you in that moment you recognize that what you need is a little bit of space from your kids or a little bit of uh a a breath over here or just like whatever it is right and you can say yeah Kim I know I'm a great mother like I just need this two minutes to myself or I need you to just go see your dad right now we I love you we can hug this out later kind of thing and feel okay about that and not be like it was because I was hungover it's because I was whatever and you know what I used to do I think I used to just be like I'm gonna yell at them because I already I'm already like kind of drunk and I'm like I don't really care and Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go drink to forget about the fact that I'm Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of a bad They'll leave me alone. They'll leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm going to yell at them, push them away further. Then I'll go drink more mm-hmm. and forget all about this. That was my mindset. That was how I felt yeah. that that was the only way to deal with it. Yell. And it's like, a, it's a cycle. Yeah. Like this. Right. And, yeah. and then I wake up the next morning thinking, oh God, that like, I shouldn't have done that. Like I'm going to do better today. And then maybe I'd start off being a little bit better. And then it was like, nope. Mm-hmm. And the alcohol was just like, it was it's so like so ingrained in me that it, you know like alcohol had such a hold on me and that was the only thing yeah. I knew how to manage um was just escaping to the well right and what you were saying there too alcohol is very good at picking out your insecurities so if you had any doubts about yourself as a mother when you start drinking alcohol is going to pick at those little threads and so 
it's it's like you're allowing yourself to feed into that by by getting upset with them and pushing them away. You're like, well, I am just a piece of shit. So I deserve this, whatever. I'm just going to go drink. And it's so messed up when you think about it. But it makes so much sense, like also at the same time, because I'm like, of course, that's what I did, because I didn't I doubted so many things about myself and, and I had zero self-confidence and, and drinking it was like the, the bomb over everything. Like it was just like, I'll just wrap this all up in drinking and I'll I'll push that problem out till tomorrow and then I'll push it out till the next day, you know, and each day I would do the same thing. Yep. Um, so I think it just it, it just pulls those little threads until you're left with no sweater just like a few yeah. <laughs> little tiny piece of yarn oh, tiny little tube top <laughs> you're like the sweaters my grandma used to make when we were kids there was always a loose thread in the armpit and it would be like and it was like the whole sheet came out and you're like oh my god <laughs> my mom would be like she means well I'm like I can't wear this to school <laughs> oh no she did mean well oh, cute oh. Yeah. well um I think this is actually really relatable for so many people, this idea of yeah. what well, we've got further into. We talked about so much, but just vacationing um, and, you know, sobriety on vacation versus vacation. Mm. And um, so many people let loose when it comes to going away and use that as an schedule. Yeah. Um, so I think this is super relatable and... Um, for those of you who have been to Disney sober or not, let us know, um, send us a message and, or yeah. Vegas or anywhere, just anywhere. Let us know your experiences vacationing sober recently yeah. or, not, or what, or if you have any, if you have any questions or any, you know, if you have an upcoming trip and like maybe some of the things that you're fearing or nervous about like maybe we can address some stuff um in the lead up to summer here right like I don't know just that kind of stuff is like bound to be on people's minds kind of like the you know neighborhood stuff and the the patios and all that I know it's at the front of people's minds when it gets warm out it just is like and sunny especially sunny it's like carefree like right now I'm looking out my window and it's gray and miserable and pouring and I'm like I just want to like hibernate, yeah. right? But when, when it got, when it gets sunny, you're like, oh, I just I don't really care. I'm just gonna go out and do whatever. So yeah, if there's anything like that, we would love to hear from you guys about what's on your mind yes, right now. Definitely. And head out over <laughs> head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a little review because we have really worked hard on I can't talk right now we've worked hard on our audio and changes Mm -hmm. so give us a little love if you feel like it um and let us know what you think um and have a great weekend sober we'll talk to you guys soon bye guys